Welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Sam Hengeli. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with University of Detroit Mercy men's basketball player, Antoine Davis. Antoine, Sam and I appreciate the time for you to come on tonight. No, yeah, appreciate y'all for having me. Of course. So, to really start this episode, I would really like to know how your off season has been. If you would like to give us an update on that. Off season was good. Still in it right now, currently, but the summer for the most part was really, really good. Uh, I gained probably like 10 to 15 pounds over the summer. So I'm like 170 right now. And that was like my main focus was to gain weight this summer. Uh, still shooting the shots that I shoot every day too, but at the same time, just really locking in and focusing on gaining weight. So that was really what it was for the most part of the summer. I got, I reached the goal that I wanted to. I'm probably trying to get to at least 175 is somewhere in that range before the season starts. So, right now, you mentioned you're you know constantly shooting, constantly working on your shot. Um, what type of like shooting drills have you been able to work on? Um, well, I do the same type of stuff I normally always do. Um, I got the chance to work out with Steph Curry's trainer this summer in LA, and he put me through some of the stuff that he works with Steph. It was really, really hard, but it was really good too. It was like something, it was good to see something different. And before, like, because we know the trainer. Like he has Instagram and stuff and like he has videos and stuff like that. So we used to take some of his stuff and implement it to like my workouts. And so we've been really doing this stuff for a long time. But then like when I went out there, it was like like different stuff, some conditioning type stuff. And it was like really cool to see. I'm sure to to have a, a trainer, you know, Seth Curry, obviously one of the best shooters, probably you could say even a top 10 player all the time, just to have that influence. Uh, a player of that power, and I'm sure that the trainer really provide a lot, uh, a lot of professionalism. I'm sure you learned a lot from him. Um, but you know, going a little bit more into the off season, you know, you entered the transfer portal this spring after four seasons at Detroit, but then ultimately, you decided to take your name out, and you came back for a fifth season, which is about to start in a couple of months. What led to your decision of returning for a fifth year at Detroit? I just felt like I had unfinished business here as far as, you know, I mean, we've had really good teams these last two years and just came up short and haven't had the chance to really go to Indy play. And, you know, I feel like with the team that we have this year, I feel like we're going to be really good and good enough to do some damage in the conference tournament and make it to the tournament this year. And I just really felt like I need to end my career here. I've started here. This is where I, everything, all my records that I broke and everything that I've been through, through college basketball has been here. And I just felt like going anywhere else would have been like, just it just wouldn't have been the same. For sure. And, you know, you mentioned breaking some records. You are actually 
933 points shy of Pete Maravich's record as college basketball's all-time leading scorer. Yes, that is true. Um, you know, do you think about that record a lot and, you know, how motivated are you to break it? Well, I'd be lying. I said, if I didn't think about it, but it's something, I, it's something I put some thought into, you know, I just, um, it's not my main focus. My main focus is to win and win big here. And if that comes along with it, then it comes along with it. But then, I mean, at the end of the day, whether I don't make it or not, I'm still going to be top five scoring in college basketball history, which is something a lot of people can't say. And so I just, like I said, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't in my mind. I wasn't thinking about it, but it's not necessarily my whole main focus. I guess for you, um, have you ever had like, you know, now that that's the off season and you've maybe had been able to spend some time to, to sit back and realize like where where you've been, like, do you ever kind of think about it and be like, wow, I am that close to breaking the record or at least like at least top five. Like, did you ever think that you would be at where you are today um, when you first started playing in college? Um, no, I wouldn't. Not even in college. If you would have told me this in seventh or eighth grade, I would have told you you're crazy too, because I don't even think about basketball in seventh or eighth grade. So this is just it's it's so different and so surreal like all the work that I put in from from when I first started really really playing basketball and like as a freshman in high school to now it's just I put so much time in into it and just I just never would have thought this much results as far as college would have came out of it and so it's just it's a blessing and I have more work that I have to do but this is a great start to the end of my college now, we'll get a little bit more into this uh, topic a little bit later on, but just a little bit of it to start. For those that you don't know, this podcast is out and they're listening. Uh, your dad, Mike Davis, is the Detroit Mercy basketball coach. Um, was he the first person in your life that fired you to play basketball and grow in the sport? Yeah, he was a part of it because, I mean, I was, I've been around it since I was born and been around it since I mean yeah like since I was born so I mean it didn't really get to like I didn't really fall in love with it or start really really liking it till about really my sophomore year of high school not even just because of the results that I saw from showing of like the working out and stuff but I actually genuinely started really 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 liking basketball and I never really would have thought I did even though I was been been around it, I just really wanted to be a kid and just wanted to, you know, explore other things. I wasn't, I really thought I was going to play football for a little bit too. And when I moved from Birmingham, or when I was living in Birmingham, Alabama, and I was going to play football or whatever, I really wasn't thinking about basketball. I might've played basketball on the side or just like been my second sport for high school or whatever, but I really loved football. And then when we moved to Houston, it was like, and I was homeschooled, I just really couldn't do football. And I just was like, okay, well, I need to do basketball, especially since I'm homeschooled. There's no like homeschool football, nothing like that. I'd have to go to school for it. And they wanted me to be homeschooled. And in Texas, homeschool basketball is really big. Like they have a big tournament in Frisco. It's like a state tournament where all the teams who won their little region or whatever will go to Frisco and play in a big state championship. You get the ring and everything I won state two years there so it was a 
it was a big deal for me then. And that's really how I started really playing basketball. Did he potentially play your father play a role in you committing to Detroit out of high school or, you know, what, did he have any type of influence or did you just, you know, make that decision all on your own? Uh, well, I was committed to Houston, U of H, University of Houston. And then I just, I don't know. I, I really love Coach Sampson. I think Coach Sampson to this day, I always talk about it, how he gave me the opportunity to leave from where I was at with him to let him, to let me go play with my dad at Texas Southern. Because at first it was going to be Texas Southern, which is in Houston. And then when he got the job in Detroit, I was going to go with him regardless because I really wanted to play for my dad. And so, yeah, like wherever he was, I was just going to go and play for him. Now, you have averaged at least 23 points per game in all four college seasons, which is really, really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you've done this all at the mid-major level while being 6'1". For, for advice out there, you know, do you think it's possible for other – guards of your stature guards of your size that play at the mid-major level to achieve the same success that you have yeah I mean um it's a little different for me I get a little bit of a green light you know because of my dad being the coach but at the same time it's like he trusts me especially with the work that I put in allowing me to do those things that I do nightly night in night out and so for like people that are my my height I would say, like, you know, I mean, just work as hard as you can. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being a mid-major player. There's nothing wrong with being a low-major, low-mid-major player either. It's just you got to start somewhere. And so, I mean, if your goal is to play professional basketball, whether it be overseas or it be in the NBA one day or something like that, it's destined to happen. It can always happen. There's no limit to what you can do. You just have to put the work in for it. What, what what do you think you've learned the most playing at a mid-major school? Like, what is something that you didn't know was the case by playing all four years or maybe like a misconception that people that maybe look down on mid-majors that you're like, oh, no, as a matter of fact, like this is what happens. This is what goes on on a week-to-week basis. It's, I mean, because mid-majors get a very, very, or I won't say very, very, but like they get a kind of a bad rep of it because it's like if you go mid-major, it's not the high-major schools like the Kentuckys, the Dukes, and the Kansases. It's not that. It's it's something lower than that, and it may not be as good, but there are a lot of mid-major schools that, that prove themselves to the high-major schools and that they're of high-major stature. And so, like, I love being a mid-major player. I enjoy... I love my school. I love everything about the campus. Our campus is little, but I love it. I mean, you know, there's not a luxury of having a big campus like Michigan or Michigan State or anything like that, but I just enjoy the grind of being a mid-major player. I mean, there's so many people that's made jumps from being mid-major and played mid-major that are in the NBA, like the John Morants, the Damian Lillards, you know, I mean, just mid-major players who just grinded it out. and just, it's a grind if you're a mid-major player. A little bit of a, a twist here. Nothing, you know, it, it's a little bit basketball related, but um, you have some interesting NIL deals. They're a glow-in-the-dark basketball made by a Chinese manufacturer, a line of glow-in-the-dark hoodies, and then chocolates that feature your 
Twan nickname and jersey number. Talk a little bit about the uniqueness of those NIL deals for me. Well, the Glow Ball, we got the idea from Stefan Marbury, who in China, he has his own Glow Ball and it glows all the way around. But the material on the Glow Ball is not something that you could use to like go outside and play. I mean, you could play with it, but it's not a regulation basketball. So the ball that, that I have is like regulation. So like you can play with it indoors, outdoors. You can use it in a game if need to be. It's a it's a regular recreation ball. And so that's what we just wanted to do with it. We wanted to make something to where it could be used in a game situation or anything like that. And the chocolate and stuff, we talked to the chocolate people who um they make chocolate in Ohio. I'm not sure where I think it may be Cleveland something like that, but they make really good chocolate and um, it's, it's good. Like I'm not gassing it because, you know, I'm, I'm on the chocolate bar or anything like that, but it's, I think it's really, really good and it's special. I mean, it's just different. It's something, you know, a lot of people are just getting money from NIL deals or just, they're just handing people money from it. But it's like, I have to go out, promote this type of stuff on my Instagram and Twitter, promote the chocolate, promote the basketballs, promote, whatever you know and so it's like it's just it's showing me how to promote myself in a way and selling stuff yo there are many events coming up in the world of sports it'd be great to be in attendance for such where can we get tickets seat geek you see seat geek is an app that can help you find the best seats with the best deals seat geek shows you different tickets available with green being the best deals and red not being the hot deals the best part is it shows you where you'll be sitting at the event. If you use the code SPORTSMECCA, you could get $20 off your first purchase. Get your seat at SeatGeek today. Absolutely. So uh, what's it like uh, playing for your dad, uh, Mike Davis? And then is, is it a challenge uh, trying to uh, separate the coach and dad part of your relationship on the court and off? It was different at first. I mean, he's always coached me in some shape, some way, shape, or form. So, I mean, it was, it was a little, but it's a little different because, you know, now we're playing basketball games and he's coaching. At first, yeah, I mean, we, we butt heads to this day still, but I mean, it's better. He has a little bit more leeway for me now. And it's not always just this, this, this. It's like, okay, he's giving me some, some chances to, you know, do some stuff on my own and learn, learn some stuff on my own. And it's gotten really better. It's actually made us really closer. Yeah, absolutely. So Antoine, uh, your dad, some people may remember, but uh, your dad had some big shoes to fill when he replaced the legendary Bob Knight at Indiana after his uh, fallout. Do you have any early memories of going to see your dad coach the Indiana Hoosiers? I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember any of that. I was like two to five maybe. But the only thing I do remember is when they played in the national championship game and in the final four, like when they played Oklahoma, that's when coach Kevin Sampson, who's at U of H right now, that's when he was coaching there. And so, and then when they beat them or whatever, I, I watched the game still from time to time. Like it was 2002 IU versus Oklahoma game. I watched it all the time. So, I mean, I just I always, then I'm, I'm even in the, the um, they mentioned me in it too. So it's like really cool to see. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's a fun fact that's the uh, last time the Hoosiers have been in the Final Four. So your dad still has the last Final Four banner that's been at uh, Assembly Hall in Indiana. It's really cool. They had a really good team. They were so unselfish with one another. They always, they just played together. And that's what he's trying to get here at Detroit Mercy to have some guys that are going to buy in and just be all out. And so we can do something like that. So you mentioned earlier about being a mid-major player. You mentioned names like Damian Lillard and Job Morant and then other names, uh, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Kawhi Leonard, who are stars in the NBA, but went to mid-major schools and like went to the school that fit them the best. Um, I want to talk about a little bit, you know, after this season, you know, your NBA potential. Could you see yourself being another star in the NBA who came from a mid-major school? If it, if it, works out like that yeah I could I could definitely see it like that I mean I wouldn't even mind being like someone as, as far as a six man like my favorite player in the NBA is Lou Williams and he was a six man in the NBA that's all-time favorite I love Steph Curry I love Trey Young I love all those guys I love Damian Lillard but Lou Williams is like my favorite player and it just um what he does night in night out from a six man standpoint is it's incredible. And so like, I, I would really want to be that in the NBA. If anything, I wouldn't mind being that. Yeah. Who would you, what a uh, NBA player would you say uh, your game is uh, modeled around? It'd be a mix between like Lou Williams and like Steph Curry. I really watch Lou Williams. I watch every day. I watch his highlights. I'll go on YouTube, watch his highlights. I'll go on Synergy, watch his highlights from when he played with the Raptors, when he played with the Lakers, when he played with the Clippers, when he jumped around, wherever. I watched every clip for the most part. That's interesting. I, I like that, too. I remember I listened to, like, Mike Boynton, Oklahoma State coach on a podcast, and he was talking about how, like, a lot of college players, they should be, like, watching a lot more of, like, the role players or some of those guys in the – NBA just to, to fit themselves in the college game because like you know guys like LeBron, Steph Curry, like Kevin Durant, like a bunch of guys they just have these like incredible abilities but like a lot of time like most players they're really just it's just the basic stuff that they just uh, really need to like be the best at and not really worry about some of the fancy stuff that most players do in the NBA. No yeah yeah definitely I mean there's nothing wrong with having Kevin Durant or a LeBron James, like that, be your favorite player. Nothing wrong with that. LeBron yeah. James, my favorite player. Oh. I'm six one. He's six eight. I just know I'll never be able to play like LeBron. But at the same time, I know he's like he's like I respect him from a work standpoint. Even Kobe Bryant, I respect Kobe Bryant from a work standpoint. I'm not his height or whatever, but there's nothing wrong with that. Like you know, but there is like so. With my dad, he calls it a windshield, and it's like you go and watch somebody that like you want to model your game after you think you play like. And so I feel like I watch Lou Williams every day. So like I'll get some of his little stuff that he does, the dribbling and coming off screens and shooting and shooting off one leg and stuff like that. I model my game or I watch some of his stuff. I always watch his stuff, like how he scores and how he gets his stuff off. So, I mean, if you're a three and D player, I mean, I'd go and look at somebody in the NBA, that's a three and D player model. My, I feel like I could be him, you know. And so, but you know, a lot of people, a lot of players think there's something that they're not sometimes, and so it could be difficult to like 
try and find somebody who's a role player because they think there's something that they may not be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So all young players out there, just look for somebody who you're going to like play most similar to. Don't, you know, it's okay to watch Steph Curry and all the great players, but like when you're in a game, just think of players that, that you're going to probably look like on the basketball court, what the coach expect expects out of you and try to be somebody that you are rather than like be something that you're not. So uh, I want to talk about now the upcoming season, uh, Detroit Mercy. I remember in uh, 10 years ago, they played KU in the NCAA tournament. That's one of my memories of Detroit basketball or your college. Uh, so what's going to be the key to, to uh, win the Horizon League this year and also um, punch your ticket to the NCAA tournament? Um, just playing together, like I said, from my dad's team from the IU team, they played together. They were in shape, they played together, they knew how to play, they knew what they were doing. And I just feel like we can do something along those lines, especially when we, because we have the players now, we have Jared Liddell who transferred, he played at Texas and he came from Texas, he went to Alabama State, and now he's here. So he has some experience at the high major level with playing there. And then we have somebody named AP who came from Temple, he played, that's the, the American Conference. And, you know, he has experience playing against the Houstons of their conference. So he knows what's going, like, what's going on. And then we have uh, Jaden Stone, who came from uh, Grand Canyon University. And we got some other people, other pieces. So, I mean, we just have to fit it well together. And we've been playing really good in practice ever since we came back, got back to school. We've been playing really good together. And so, I mean, it'll end up being who's – we always want to be the best team we can be in March. So even when we start the year and we may struggle a little bit, we just want to be the best team we need to be in March in order for us to make it to the conference tournament and then make it to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And then what is, what's it like uh, last two NCAA tournaments or Roberts as a 15 seed made it to elite eight. And then last year, St. Peter's made that run. What's it like to see that? And then does that like, kind of like give you, give you guys like a, uh, like kind of like a, a blueprint to uh, making a deep tournament run if you can get, if you make the tournament? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just shows you that, you know, those teams were well coached and they were well prepared for what they had to do. I mean, you don't just luck up making it to the lead eight. You don't just get hot. It starts from the beginning, building a foundation of where you want to start at. And so we have a chance to be that. And in order to be that, you got to be in shape. You got to be conditioned. You got to be, you have to know what's going on at all times. You got to know the offense in and out, know the defense where to be in and out. And it takes a lot and it takes a lot of requirement to do everything. You know what I mean? If you, especially if you want to be an elite eight team like that, you don't just look up and be a 15 seed in the elite eight. Yep. I'll, I'll think about that when I, I fill out my bracket next March, uh, when you guys are in the <laughs> tournament. Yeah, that stuff, that stuff is really unpredictable sometimes. I mean, I'm, I remember I used to fill out brackets in like high school and stuff. It's just, you just never know. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also in college basketball, one of the unique things, I guess you could say this in every sport is like all the different venues and like college basketball, the, you get to go into some great atmospheres. Um, what are some favorite venues that you've gotten to play in, in the horizon league and also in a non-conference play? In our league, Northern Kentucky, especially playoff time, Northern Kentucky, they have the best crowd. They're all in your ear. 
it's the best atmosphere, especially playoff time. Like I said, I mean, it's just something they don't give you a break. They don't let up on you. Uh, as far as non-conference, Gonzaga, when we played them my sophomore year, that was the best atmosphere I've ever been around. And they weren't even in school and it was sold out. It was like the craziest thing. Ever. It had been crazier if students were in the crowd, but there was no students. It was just, it was unreal. That was like, and then they were number one at the time too. So it was, you can imagine how that would be. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Antoine, uh, for any uh, kid out there chasing a dream, being, whether it be a basketball player or maybe being a doctor or a lawyer or anything, uh, what advice would you give those uh, kids out there? Just, I mean, life is hard at the end of the day. I mean, you're, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, but I mean, you just have to stay the course of whatever you do. So, I mean, if you want to be a doctor, you really got to, there's going to be days you don't want to do it. And there's going to be days you don't want to study for it. There's going to be days you're going to be tired. You don't want to do it. But I mean, there's days, everybody has those days, especially if that's your dream, you know, and just working at it and not letting anybody tell you you can't be this or anything. Put your head down and work for it. I mean, it'll be well accomplished at the end of the day. Like when you look down 10 years down the road and you have kids at some point and you just, your life is set and you know, and you just, you just have to work for everything that you earn. Uh, great advice. And uh, Steven and I are very uh, grateful to have you on the podcast. And it's really crazy to think uh, how close you are to the sco- all time scoring record. And uh, we'll, we'll all be uh, paying attention to that. And uh, we hope you uh, get it this year, but most importantly, uh, Hope you have a great season and uh, help your team out and uh, make a, a positive impact on uh, your the community out there. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I thank you guys for having me on here. I, I've done a couple podcasts before. I like doing podcasts, so I mean, just, I really appreciate y'all having me on here. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, before we, we let you go, we whenever we get a college athlete on, we try to let them uh, provide any social media accounts that they have. And maybe for instance, you're already in the NIL space. Maybe they can reach out to you uh, on social media for NIL or just like reach out to you just uh, to, to follow your game. Yeah. Um, well, I have it's my main source of social media. I use, I have Twitter, but I don't use Twitter that much. I couldn't even tell you my Twitter handle. I mean, but I, I get on it and scroll through Twitter, but I don't ever use it. To like, I post from here and there time to time, but I don't use it. I use Instagram. My Instagram name is literally my name, Antoine J. Davis. So if you want to follow me, keep up with me or whatever, that's where you can find me, the Antoine J. Davis. Okay, well, that's, that's great, man. We really appreciate the time. And um, like Sam mentioned, we will be keeping close tabs on you. You're one of the most electric scorers in college basketball. I would say top 20, top 25 player for sure entering this season. We really um, are honored that you were able to join us tonight. No, yeah, I really appreciate both of y'all for having me. Thank you. For those who are listening to our show for the first time, all our past and future episodes are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.
Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Sports Mecca.